Listening Dog Media. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan and a Liverpool fan. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by Continental Tyres. It's season three, episode eight. We're still going strong. We're still surviving. Myself, Kate Borstay, in the hot seat and I'm joined by, well, it's the lady from Russia, via Russia. Kate Partridge joins us today. Hi, Kate. Hello. And... The Princess from Staines, Lindsay Hooper, has arrived and will be joining us on the panel today. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. I'm glad that I get princess status too, because I know that KP's a princess. Um, I'll explain why I've come from Staines a little bit later on. Yes, yeah, got nothing to do with Ali G, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, now, don't forget, you can grab us to listen via Audio Boom iTunes. You can catch us on YouTube, The Offside Rule TV. Check us out on Twitter. Do give us a follow and interact as well. Loads of great stuff uh, always happens on Twitter on a daily, hourly basis even at Offside Rule Pod and our most excellent website too OffsideRulePodcast.com at least three or four new pieces of content a day and some fine writers and bloggers as well. So that's where you need to go uh, to pop over and check us out I'm going to give a really quick shout actually ladies before I tell you what's coming up in the show quick competition that we've got HTC are running it and it's uh, to give a pair of tickets away to Chelsea versus Maribor in the Champions League on the 21st of October. you just got to name Maribor's home ground in Slovenia and as Hayley McQueen pointed out on our last Euro review show, you have to spell oh God. spell the stadium name <laughs> correctly as well. That's not fair. Uh, we will keep that one open. Um, but yeah, pop over to our website or you can check out the uh, tweets about that and get involved for a pair of tickets to Chelsea Maribor. So what's coming up on the show this week? European mini break, that's all. I wish. I know you're going on a spa soon, Lindsay. I am. I'm having a two-night retreat. I'm going to be having massages, relaxing and generally sleeping. That's going to appeal to Diane Scunthorpe, isn't it? <laughs> uh, European mini-break. We've got one coming up this week, haven't we? Thursday to Saturday sees lots of European qualifying action, so I've asked you both to pick out a couple of teams that draw the eye and tell me why. We're also going to be talking I Am The Movie. This needs no explanation. I'll leave it with you. Guess who's got their own movie? 
Yes, you guessed it, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We're going to be indulging in a bit of footballer slash movie gossip a bit later on. And uh, we're also going to be hearing from Sue Smith as well with her WSL roundup. Such high stakes at the weekend. I'm sure Lindsay will explain a little bit uh, later on. But let's crack on with our first topic, out of sorts. Now, Yaya Torre has been criticised, hasn't he, for not looking like the player he was last season. I know, Lindsay, you've got a staunch defence of him and a very good point to make there. He might have redeemed himself slightly at the weekend on Saturday but will that form continue? So I've asked you to look at two other players, any league at all, who've been a bit of a letdown so far this season. I think it's worth saying, yes, about Yaya Toure. He certainly hasn't picked up where he left off last season. He was in great form and very energetic and, and responsible for so, so many assists and goals last season in the Premier League. Um, however, for those that weren't aware, he actually, um, his brother died of cancer in June um, during the World Cup. And I think he's really struggling to get over that, as anybody would. And I've got a lot of sympathy with the fact that he's playing sport at the very, very top of his game or attempting to carry on at the top of his game um, in in a, in a sport that's under scrutiny and under the watchful eye all the time. Um, he hasn't been playing appallingly, but yes, he hasn't been the dizzying heights that we're used to seeing from Yaya Toure, but I think we should give him a bit of a break. But there are some players that you think, well, you've not had all of that going on and why aren't you on form? Mm, you can't have a cracking season. Every season's and some good points well made there on Yaya Toure. Often what's going on emotionally can affect us physically. It doesn't always happen in football, I have to say. You've got people like Paul Merson and Tony Adams who are alcoholics for several years, you know, clearly not completely mentally clear but still managed to pull the performances out but if you're in emotional pain of course it affects you physically and one thing that's happened to Yaya Torre this season he's seemed so much slower physically more cumbersome let's go on to the other players though who we think are not quite cutting the mustard this season and I'm going to throw over to Kate Partridge I've picked a player that is in the Bundesliga but last season he was absolutely lighting up Serie A that's Ciro Immobile the 24 year old Italian last season he was playing at Torino and in one season got 22 goals in 33 games. So he won the Capo Cannonieri, which is Serie A's top scorer, and that earned him a move to Borussia Dortmund. Now, Borussia Dortmund knew that they would be losing Robert Lewandowski because he was going to Bayern Munich, and so they needed to bring in a striker to, to make good the gap. Unfortunately, after a great start, he opened in the Super Cup against Bayern. Borussia Dortmund won that 2-0. It looked like it was going to be a great season for them. Since then, played 7, won 2, drawn 1, lost 4. Borussia Dortmund are actually 13th and Ciro Immobile hasn't actually scored in the league so he said himself he's struggling to adapt from Italy in the Bundesliga so I'd say he's been a disappointment but frankly the whole of Borussia Dortmund have been as well. Well I'll start then with my striker as well. Um, I've got a striker and I've got a midfielder, um, two players that I think are underperforming. I'm going to go down to the championship for this one. Uh, Federico Makeda for Cardiff City. I think he's been really off the boil. Scored two goals in the League Cup. That was a game back in August uh, against Port Vale. But since then, has failed to score. Um, so Makeda, uh, he showed promise at Birmingham last season. In fact, I was at the Valley this weekend um, watching Charlton against Birmingham. And in that corresponding fixture last season, Makeda scored two goals. Um, so it goes to show the sort of form that he was in this time last year, uh, but it's not happening for him this season. And I think really for Cardiff City, who had big hopes about making that return back to the top flight, I think they need people like him to be firing in on all cylinders. I'm going to go for an obvious one here, but it frustrates me so much. I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk about it. <laughs> Mesut Ozil. Oh, is that why you oh. set this topic? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, OK, I know he wasn't great towards the end of last season, but he was good and he showed such good potential 
potential when he arrived at Arsenal. And this is what can frustrate Arsenal fans. Stellar signings, very, very good names, proven talent come into the side and then they flounder. And it is frustrating. For Ozil, well, he still didn't pick up during the World Cup. I think possibly the final was his best game there. But he just disappeared in large areas of the pitch and he was played on the wing at the World Cup. And so Wenger's arguing, well, yeah, you can play him wide. Actually, I don't think you can. Many people are saying that he needs to slot back into that number 10 position. Arsenal have got a lot going on across that midfield and Wenger finds it hard to put him in that role. And he hasn't just become non-talented overnight. He is an exceptionally gifted player. I've loved him from the minute that I saw him perform. I think he's so talented. So let's work out a way that you can bring that something out. Otherwise, he continues to look like a really poor investment. I think also, if they do play him in that number 10 role, wouldn't that be great for Danny Welbeck as well? Because they brought in a striker, this kind of fox in the box, that finally if Ozil can start setting up some of those balls, then fantastic for Arsenal. Isn't that what they've been lacking? They need a striker. Let's go to our next one. Keep this brief, ladies. I want uh, a few pinpoint arguments as to your next player who you think's uh, just not cutting the mustard this season so far. I think this one is actually an easy one. I don't mean to make an easy target out of a player that's been absolutely fantastic. Rio Ferdinand, he's 35, he's 36 next month. He was incredible for Manchester United. He was the record defensive signing, £30 million from Leeds. He made 81 caps for England, six Premier League titles, won the Champions League, won everything. Then injuries started to take their toll. He had a great final season with Sir Alex Ferguson, scored the last goal at Old Trafford, for Fergie, everything was going great. Under David Moyes, things started to slide, as they did for the whole team that was ageing. Then it looked like he was going to be a pundit. Was he going to go to BT? He was a pundit on the World Cup. He was fantastic. Suddenly, he took the option to take a final year to go to QPR, and QPR's defence is leakier than a colander on the Titanic. They've slid to the bottom. They have a goal defence of minus 11, an ageing defence. It's taking its toll on the team and on Rio. I think Rio should have said goodbye at the end of an illustrious career, gone out on a high, become a pundit. That's the end of the thing. It's as if he has finished it because he's got the book out, hasn't he? It is puzzling to me why QPR would want to bring in Rio Ferdinand, an ageing defender, when defence was always going to be their issue. So for your first season back in the Premier League, why would you bring in an ageing defender? It do not make no sense to me. No, well, to keep this brief and to keep rattling on, we could talk about all our points, couldn't we? But I'll keep this brief. Ashley Young, Manchester oh. United. Um, he had a good pre-season. Many people expecting that he might actually force his way back into the starting eleven at Manchester United. Uh, some underwhelming performances have ensued. Of course, Van Gaal's been shopping as well and some gourmet shopping at that, ladies. <laughs> he spent quite a lot of money. Um, so that means that, to be honest, Ashley Young does not figure. It's believed that United are ready to sell him. Uh, his diving reputation hasn't helped and I think he'll probably go back to Villa. Thank you very much, Lindsay Hooper. Points well made there. Quick one from me. You could say that a lot of the Liverpool team are underperforming at the moment. I think they're still trying to find their way and I'm not going to have a go at Steven Gerrard. Is it Mario Balotelli? Because I thought that was a given. None of us have mentioned him, but hey. I've christened him Mario Badgertelli. Uh, a different haircut every game and uh, still struggling for goals. Anyway, Simon Mignolet is the player that I'm going to pick out. Signed and replaced Pepe Reina in goal. He's made the odd heroic save, but look, lapses in concentration. Many supporters think he's not right for the club. I think he's lacking in confidence at the moment as well. Now there's all this talk of Victor Valdez coming to the club. That can't be helping him either. I had really high hopes for Simon Mignolet and I thought it was a very canny buy by Brendan Rodgers. I'm thinking again now. The female take on football. We're now going to head to Sue Smith. What an amazing time in the WSL. If you're not normally a women's football fan, you have to follow this last week or so of the season. Massively high stakes. I'm sure Sue's going to explain it to us. Far away, Sue. 
Sue Smith's WSL Roundup. Brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hi everyone, here's my weekly update of women's football. I thought this week I may have been telling you which team has actually been crowned champions. But no, everything is still to play for. The league this year, it's been so competitive, so exciting... And this is going to continue to lurk the final weekend. I think we knew that this was going to happen at the, the start of the season. Chelsea do remain in pole position, though, after beating the already relegated Everton 5-2. Sounds like quite an easy game, but it wasn't. It was actually 2-2 at one point in the game. But then the league leaders, Chelsea, showed their class and, and Rach Williams and Eniola Aluko both scoring two. And then Hannah Blundell adding the fifth. So with one game left, Chelsea, you would think, are probably favourites to win it. However, don't rule out Birmingham. They beat Man City 2-1. Karen Carney, again showing her class with a brace, kept their title hopes alive. And then third place Liverpool, they're still in with a chance um, of lifting the trophy. They drew with Arsenal 3-3, which again sounded like a fantastic game. Arsenal probably thought they'd won the game, but no, Liverpool on the 93rd minute, Gemma Davidson popped up with the goods, equalised, keeping Liverpool's hopes alive. So next weekend, we will know who's going to be crowned champions. Chelsea have to play Man City. Birmingham play Notts County. And Liverpool play Bristol. I wouldn't like to say who's going to be crowned the champion of WSL1. So I'm just going to do my usual and sit on the fence and just enjoy the last games. OK, that's all for now. See you all again next week. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia and you're listening to The Offside Rule. Three girls talking about football. Thanks very much to Sue. Lindsay, I know at the weekend you covered Chelsea versus Everton. One of those games where it could have all happened for Chelsea. And you managed to grab some interviews as well. I did. So when you mentioned Princess from Staines, it's because Chelsea play at Wheatsheath Park, which is in Staines. That's where I've come from to do the record. Very much filled with late drama, as you just heard from Sue Smith. Um, I managed to grab Rachel Williams and Enia Luko, uh, the two forwards from Chelsea Ladies. They'll be going all out for the title next weekend, but I thought I'd get some reaction from them them uh, from what was a, just a really high tense and uh, emotional afternoon for them. Um, lots still to, to work out in the WSL, three points separating the top three sides. Oh, it's so exciting. Now, if you're interested to find those interviews, you'll see a separate release from Audio Boom, our audio partners this week. You can catch Enya Luko and Rachel Williams, Chelsea players, and a lovely interview as well, Lindsay, I have to say. Thank you for that. Talking of women's football, the Continental Cup finals coming up very soon, 16th of October. We've got pairs of tickets to give away to that. That's the competition that's been running through the week instead of our usual Twitter topic of the week. You've just got to name the winners from last season. This season, you'll see Arsenal play Manchester City. If you are a fan of men's football and not of women's football, it's a great chance to go and see some good play. It is a Thursday night football. It's in Wickham. It's at Wickham's ground. So see if you're free, first of all. But a pair of tickets, five pairs to give away. So we hope to see you there because we're going to be there. Not just one, but five. We like to do things in multiples here on the offside rule. We get it. And we are going to be there. Yeah, we're going to be... Uh... Like you with your children. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Well, nearly. <laughs> one in the oven, waiting to go. Uh, OK, ladies, let's move on to our second topic, European mini break. So this week we've got the return, haven't we, of the European Championship qualifying. And England going to be playing San Marino and Estonia. So I want two sides that you're going to be keeping an eye on. It could be for their poor form. It could be that they're underdogs or favourites or they're a tasty time coming up. Maybe there's Premier League interest in the team. So two sides and tell us why you'll be keeping your beady eye on them. Lindsay. Well, my reason, to be honest, is quite a banal one. 
It's mm. fantasy football. <laughs> That's why I'm taking an interest because as most people up and down the country are doing right now, they've got Diego Costa as their captain, scoring them points week after week. I don't think there's any chance he's going to be subbed anytime soon. And he's been named in the Spain squad for the upcoming European qualifiers against Slovakia and Luxembourg, but much against Jose Mourinho's wishes. He has got concerns. You may be aware that at the moment they're trying to rest Costa for when there's two matches in a week. They're just trying to focus on Premier League, really, or Champions League and be quite clever with how they play him. So he has got concerns over Costa's hamstrings. He actually suggested he should be rested by Spain. Uh, but Costa did react by saying he had no intention of skipping the double header and he will be in that 23-man squad. Something else to point out about that, that two-time reigning champion Spain, there is another reason why I'm going to watch Spain because two-time reigning champions, we know what happened at the World Cup. I want to see how they're going to lift themselves up. They did beat Macedonia 5-1 in their first competitive match since that miserable campaign in the summer. Um, So I'm I'm interested to see how they do and how they pick themselves up. KP? I am probably quite obviously going to be looking at Russia, who are currently top of Group G. Now, they last played Liechtenstein, whom they beat 4-0. There were two own goals, actually. It was a bit bizarre. But that's put the Russians top. And the reason I'm looking at Russia is not only because I live there and because I'm, it's, it's a particular passion of mine anyway, but also because the next team that they will be playing is Sweden. So they'll be playing mm-hmm. against Latin at the Friends Arena. I can't imagine it's going to be too friendly, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Swedes, they, last, they drew. They were third in the group at the moment. They drew with Austria. Now, looking at Russia is an interesting one because they're the host of the 2018 World Cup even though we're looking at the Euros at the time Uh, I'm also interested in it in terms of looking at Fabio Capello as a host who's been kept on after 2014 he'll take Russia through to the Euros and also the World Cup where they'll be hosts obviously and Russia reached the semi-finals in 2008 it was the championship where Andrei Arshavin shone and he went from Zenit to Arsenal (laughs) and history was made afterwards how memorable that was but 2014 for the Russians at the World Cup they, they had a bit of a mediocre time of it they should have gone through there was the problems with the green laser pen apparently that's where they ended up drawing with Algeria and of course they were knocked out but this time let's see how far the Russians can actually go one team that I'm going to um, hint at that I'll talk about in a little while is um, a team who's also had dark times but coming through them very much so but first I'm going to look at Switzerland they're in Group E England's group I know we beat them in early September as part of our qualifying campaign but I don't think you should overlook them they're, they're 66 to 1 in the betting and I had a quick switch at the betting earlier to see who was favourites. France, second favourites. Have you gone all Harry Potter on a squidge? It's like Quidditch. <laughs> it is a bit, isn't it? I just like making up random words. Um, I like the look of Switzerland for the World Cup. And look, they nearly toppled Argentina, didn't they, at the World Cup in what was a great game with players like Barami, Shakiri, Valentin Stocker as well. Pace, lots of tricks. They're very technically good, the Swiss, and that's why I enjoy watching them. And I would look at them very closely, not, not only because they're in England's group, of course, and I'm an England fan, um, but also because I think they could be a hotly tipped underdog. We said this for the World Cup, didn't we, Lindsay, mm. back in the summer? But um, I still really like the look of them. What's your next one, Lindsay? Um, I'm going to go for Greece. I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> the laughter rings out. George <laughs> Samaras, the man who doesn't score. <laughs> um, I, I just find it very interesting there because I don't think I will ever recover from the fact that Greece have won a European Championship. Do you know what? One prerequisite of this topic was going to be that you don't mention Greece's surprise win because when the European Championship rolls round, that's the big stat that comes out of the bag. If Greece can do it, so can anyone. It's like, get over it. Greece did it. It was an anomaly. It was really not expected. Get over it and move on to right now. But it was worth it to see Cristiano Ronaldo cry. (laughs) 
that doesn't happen too often, does it? Apart from when Messi lifts the Ballon d'Or <laughs> again. Um, Greece coach Claudio Ranieri has actually issued a, a call-up to a little rookie. And this has made it quite interesting from my point of view. Uh, Nikos Karelis um, will be playing uh, in the Greece squad. And I'm quite interested to see how he will do Add to that the fact that the Northern Ireland are going to be playing them and we have um, some UK interest as well. I'm just quite taken by the Greece squad at the moment. A few younger players coming through. Um, Karelis, by the way, is a striker. He's only 22. I've heard good things. So I'm interested from that point of view to see how good they are. But they're not going to ever win another European Championship ever, (laughs) ever. She's interested in them, but they're never going to win. KP. I'm just laughing at Lindsay and the wooden horse. Let's see how far they're going to go. Uh, I'm going to go from one extreme to the other, and I'm going to go for Germany. Uh, Not only do I love the Bundesliga, as everybody knows, but I also think Germany could do what Spain did in the fact that they start to create an era of winning. When Spain won the World Cup, either side of it was sandwiched, was a European victory, wasn't it? And I want to see whether the world champions can actually do in Europe what they did in the World Cup. And Germany's record in Europe is fantastic anyway. Three-time winners, three-time runners-up. They have to play Poland next, which would be pretty tasty, actually. That's in Warsaw. In their group, as you said about the home nations, there was Scotland, and they, that was actually quite a close-run thing, wasn't it? 2-1 against Scotland. The Republic of Ireland's there as well, as well as Gibraltar. Ooh, newbies Gibraltar and also Georgia. But it's interesting you talk about Mario Balotelli. I think he's got to be one of those players that we have to keep mentioning. But Mario Balotelli was the undoer of Germany in Warsaw in 2012 because uh, Germany lost 2-1 to Italy in the semi-finals. Let's see whether there's going to be a bit of redemption this time round. Thank you very much, Kate. Um, I'm going to have a quick chat about France. They're not obviously in qualifying action because they're hosting the tournament. That's why they interest me. And also because when we talk about rebuilding and about uh, a work in progress uh, Deschamps very much um, bringing about a work in progress I don't think he's far off either I don't think he's far off too Lindsay I think you're absolutely bang on about that I think that they treated the World Cup in Brazil a bit like a stepping stone a bit to have a little look at who they've gotten and my only criticism of them would be that they perhaps didn't find the most comfortable way of playing together as a collective and that over the next few years Deschamps got plenty of time to be working on that They also have some fantastic individuals, particularly Paul Pogba. He's somebody to watch. And one curiosity I found this summer was Mathieu Valbuena went from Marseille Mm. to Dynamo Moscow. Incredible move, but what a player. Fantastic player. They have got some great players. And I know, Lindsay, you're a fan of Paul Pogba. (laughs) He was my tip during the World Cup, wasn't he, as one to watch. If Deschamps can get them playing as a collective, I think with the home advantage as well, they've got a sensational chance of winning. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Well, this is normally the bit where you hear from the lovely Sean Thorne and Twitter Topic of the Week, but this week we've done something a little bit different. We've got five pairs of tickets for the Conti Cup final on the 16th of October to give away. All you have to do is tell us who are the current Conti Cup holders. So who won the Continental Cup last year? And the deadline for that is Monday the 13th of October, which is three days prior. So please get your answers in early. The earlier the better, please. Yes, please don't leave our poor competition manager, Harriet, running around trying to find winners for these. Plenty of tickets up for grabs and we'd love you to be there. Watch videos and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, Offside Rule TV. Topic three. I am the movie. Guess who's having a movie made of his life? It's Zlatan Ibrahimovic. The working title I'm not quite sure about from Rosenberg with one more goal. Of course, he does, <laughs> he does originate from Rosenberg, definitely played there anyway, but he's set to have a film made of his life story. And do we know who he's chosen to play himself or will he just play himself because no one else could possibly be Zlatan? 
At a push, I'd say there's only one person who can play Zlatan, and you're bang on. I think it should be Zlatan. <laughs> Quite whether his football commitments will get in the way, I've no idea. But I feel so sorry for the actor who has chosen to play Zlatan, because Zlatan will be watching him very closely to check that he lives up to his egocentric reputation. So footballers and movies, they go hand in hand, don't they? Really great performances, five-star reviews. Yeah, the jury's out. There are a couple of great football films, and I'll mention those. But I'd love to hear a few other movies from you guys that you've either enjoyed over the years or that have been absolutely pitiful on a football front. I'm so glad you came to me first because I have been loving doing the research for this particular topic. There are some nuggets out there as well as some absolute turkeys. And one film that I found, ironically enough, on the TalkSport website was Stan Collymore in Basic Instinct 2. Risk addiction. Well, indeed. There's no one I would have felt safer with than Stan, said Sharon Stone in a particularly (laughs) steamy section. No comments can possibly follow that one, can they? Do you learn about this for the first time? Because I also saw that little nugget and that completely passed me by at the time. I don't remember this either and I certainly don't remember Sharon Stone and Stan Collymore being in the same sentence. I do. I remember it. It was all over the place back in the in the day. I think it was about 2006, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, and also Sharon Stone tipped him, as, get this, as a Hollywood star in the making. Oh. Well, there you go, Stan. If it all fails on TalkSport, you know exactly where you can go. Go knock on Sharon's door. I'm sure she'll be very happy to see you. But the best one, when it comes to salacious films, I found another absolute beauty. Apparently, and this is not apocryphal, Georgie Best was in a film called Percy in 1971, which was all about the world's first recipient of a penis transplant. (laughs) Needless to say that George himself was not the recipient, but then, as we all know, George has always been rather deadly from close range anyway, so I'm sure he didn't need to do that. I think that that absolutely tops it all, doesn't it? I should have saved that one till last. Others that come across, we also have Vinnie Jones. He was Big Chris in Lock, Stock and Snatch and plenty others. But one thing you can't do, I'm really sorry, Vinnie, you can't remake Mean Machine. I'm not having that. Every girl loves a Bert. Uh, well, I, I got the Stan Collymore as well, so we'll say snap on that one, high five. Um, I've got Fitz Hall, who was yeah, in The Fifth Element. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant, one size. Um, we remember him as the, the towering centre-half that he was, um, played with QPR. It, he was only 16 years old in the film. He wears a white hat. <laughs> uh, he's got long garments on him. He looks a bit like um, a science teacher in it. It is a science fiction. The ma- amazing thing about it, he stars with Bruce Willis. Whoa. So he's with Mr. To die hard himself. Uh, and I'm wondering whether you know in football when they swap shirts, whether he managed to get the white vest from Bruce Willis. Now, who's seen Escape to Victory? They, they, they actually pull it off. They actually pull it off. But when you look at how the story is made up and what the components are, there seems like there's no chance it's going to happen. For those that don't know the film, let me explain it. It sounds like the worst thing ever. Michael Caine, believe it or not, plays quite well, passes quite well for a veteran footballer alongside Bobby Moore, Mike Summerby, Russell Osman and uh, a cruelly dubbed over John Walk, while Ozzy Ardilas and Pele... (laughs) So it's an absolutely fantastic cast list. Pele was cast as a Trinidadian, Luis Fernandez, (laughs) rather bizarrely. Um, And it's uh, set... Uh, around the war, and it's the... Um, uh, well, well, I guess it's kind of England v Germany all over again, if I'm to explain it very, very simply. Um, one of the best bits written into the film was that ger- the Germans actually miss a penalty. Fantastic. Right. If I, yes, exactly. If I was writing a film, I put that uh, there. And, uh, yeah, basically England narrowly won. Uh, immense celebrations at the end there. But if it, it, just, it sounds like it shouldn't work, but actually it's not a bad film. It's an absolute classic, and the fact that they managed to get Sylvester 
Stallone in there as well. Just oh, makes it, it even better. <laughs> but but I also think that there's another film we have to mention, which is Zinedine Zidane, because he was in Asterix. Now, that is a classic. So I mm-hmm. think he managed to gross, what is it, 150 million at the box office? Zinedine Zidane in Asterix at the Olympic Games. But when it comes to acting, you cannot get away from Eric Cantona. Even though now he's pretending to be a farmer in adverts, he was also in Elizabeth and his own film, Looking for Eric. I love Looking for Eric. It's one of my favourite films. It's a fantastic film. Ken Loach, absolutely brilliant performance. It's all about a postman and Manchester United fan, Eric Bishop, who um, is having some kind of crisis, life, life crisis problems, and up rocks Cantona to give him sage bits of advice. It's brilliant casting, Cantona playing himself, uh, and one of my all-time favourite football films, I have to say. I'll give you my one other football film of all time because it it really encapsulates the time when I really got into football, actually. I was only about 16, and for me, loving football came a little bit late. But Fever Pitch really, really sums it up for me because it was um, around the time, you know, I'd been to Euro 96, and um, it just... It just caught. It just caught the moment brilliantly, and of course, it involves my team as well, Liverpool, and the fact that Arsenal managed to beat them and win the title on the last day of the season. I think it's probably one of the most underrated films of that time. Nick Hornby wrote the book originally, and then the screenplay for the film. If you've not checked it out, Fever Pitch, go get it. Well, I'm yet to see the film. I have no to way, but I have read the book. Well, it's brilliant. Either way. We're going to leave it there. Thanks very much for tuning in, folks. Don't forget, you can grab us on Audio Boom, iTunes, on Twitter, at Offside Rule Pod, and on OffsideRulePodcast.com. You can also pop over to Facebook and say hello. Uh, yeah, I want to say thank you very much. And um, off the back of KP's recommendation, I'm off to download Georgie Best's film. <laughs> Every woman should have a bit of Percy. On that note, we'll see you soon, guys. Thanks very much for downloading. Bye! Bye! The female take on football.